Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Today's episode is a continuation of this Advent series where we're bringing back favorite guests of the show. And this guest is one of my all-time favorites. It's my sister, Elizabeth. She's been on twice before, as we'll talk about. Uh, And Elizabeth is just so wise and articulate. Um, And I love her a lot, and she does such a great job. We're talking together about traditions and rituals this time of year and how those can be of value to us as people of faith. And, you know, we even take a little time to share some of our favorites, favorite ritual and traditions from when we grew up together um, back in days of yore, as they say. As always, uh, thanks for your support of the podcast and for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. Please tell your family and friends. Share this with others. There might be people out there just kind of looking for a way to continue their journey of faith, to continue to grow in faith throughout the week. And we'd love for them um, to listen into some of the things we're doing here on this podcast. But now I'll turn it over to this conversation that my little sister Elizabeth and I had about traditions and rituals. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I have on the line a favorite guest of the show um, and a favorite guest of mine. Elizabeth Preisinger, my sister, is on the line. She was on a while back. Um, man, when was that, Elizabeth? Was that over the summer, I think, that you were I think on? It, I think mean, it Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. And so just to refresh everyone's memory, you were kind of talking to us um, about your work uh, in the social work realm of things. And you provided us with some really interesting ways of looking at stuff as we live through this pandemic. And then you came back on, well, you're a three-time <laughs> guest because you also did that awesome Enneagram podcast with our friend yeah. Joseph. That's right. um, and now today we get to talk about a shared passion of ours, traditions and rituals. I wanted to bring you on, one, because you're a favorite guest of the show, but two, because you just love traditions and things like that I remember do you remember for Evelyn's birthday one year you gave her like a a, a binder full of ways to keep the advent season she was she was like <laughs> five <laughs> you are a good godmother um, but yes well so first off welcome thanks for coming back on and um why yeah tell us a little bit just about all these traditions and rituals and and how they make your heart sore like what what is it about this elizabeth that you think got into your bones the way that it did (laughs) yeah you preparing for this and i've been thinking about it i think a lot of it has to do with i'm a nostalgic person (laughs) i love Ah. i love reminiscing about things that have happened And I like doing that as a way of um, like celebrating togetherness. And so like by having rituals and traditions, it's a way of remembering our memories together, but also recreating them and adding to them as as a collective. Um, So I think just based on what little uh, reflecting I've been done, I think it's it's around those memories and nostalgia. Yeah, that's interesting too. I mean, I'm remembering the you just even gosh, you were so nostalgic as like a seventh grader. Um, yeah. <laughs> with little little life. <laughs> yeah, you're such an old soul always. Um, and and you would just be so like wanting to kind of like recapture. I felt like that was a, a, you know early on so much of what you were trying to do is you had some sort of memory 
of something that was really great that like we did we had such a cool mutual group of friends growing mm-hmm. up in like our high school years together and mm-hmm. and we would I felt like you were always kind of pushing us like we have to play capture the flag one more time <laughs> yeah. before you go to college um yeah. <laughs> The memories, you gotta let it sink in deep. And every time you you redo something and revisit, uh, I feel like you, you can sink a little deeper into the experience and gain more from it. Yeah. Even if it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. Sink in deep and gain more from it. Because um, one of the things that I've become famous for around the office, at least here at Bethany, is I, I'm always talking about how memory is so important to the life of faith. Mm. And, and that like if you if you look through the scriptures too it comes up again and again of like remember that i am the god of israel who brought you out of the land of egypt and made you my promised people my chosen ones right like there's there's lines like that <laughs> yeah. all throughout the psalms and everything mm. and so it's this you know so much of the the life of faith is literally just taking time to remember god like to, mm-hmm. to remember that god exists and has a role in the universe and in your life Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting, you know, and then we, we develop, uh, you know, all these traditions and rituals as people of faith, kind of based around those same ideas of helping us to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy or to um, remember in the night in which Jesus was betrayed, right? Like all mm-hmm. it pops up again and again. Um, but so it, yeah. I, I didn't expect to go this direction with the conversation, <laughs> but it's just interesting thinking about it too. Like, do you think there's any negative to all the remembering and nostalgia? I, I feel like <laughs> nostalgia has a negative connotation in some ways. Um, I mean, have you given like any you, thought to that in your life? I feel like, um, yeah, I think, well, I don't know if I personally feel that, but I did feel that other people felt that my nostalgia was like... <laughs> You thought that I was judging you? Yeah. I absolutely was. Um, (laughs) Because I just, yeah, I mean, it it did get annoying at times too. Like, gosh, like Elizabeth, like, let us just do something new. Like we don't have to constantly recapture. Right. And it can be very like past oriented as opposed to future oriented. Um. Not to get back into the Enneagram. Well done, though. That yes. is the difference between our personalities also. Um, yeah. Well, and I see it. I see it in my daughter and my oldest and Evelyn in that her nostalgia, though, also cr- can create disappointment mm-hmm. because she's remembering her yeah. birthday party from three years ago. And this one isn't as good mm-hmm. as how she remembers that one from three years ago. And again, right, like memory can be a little suspect in those ways too if you're only remembering the good parts um and so of course the current one will never live up to that one from three years ago as you remember it that's um, a good point yeah so i mean but how do you it sounds like you've come kind of to peace with all of this i mean how do you safeguard against that and still be present in the moment when you're constantly looking to the past yeah, I think it's kind of shifted for me less of like a longing for the past and more of a honoring or, yeah, mm. I guess honoring of the past and allowing it to grow and um, be added to. And I, I think you keep using the word remembering and I think of it as like remembering. And so you're, it's like you're, you're reintroducing this into a part of who you are and each time you you're you're adding more to who you are or who 
the community is if it's a communal tradition or ritual. Does that make sense? Absolutely. No, that's really beautiful. That's a great way to think about it too, because I mean, it's part of why I think I've grown to love a lot of the traditions of the Lutheran faith is mm-hmm. because there is that remembering yeah. element to it of like, oh, I'm singing ELW setting three and I'm remembering, <laughs> you know, when we were growing up and mom would shuffle us off to church every Sunday. <laughs> and that was the, you know, like that was, a, that was when we yeah, got to church yeah. <laughs> was when that song was playing. Um, <laughs> yeah but like so it has those it has like a nostalgic memory because it's like it's bringing the past into the present Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. like I remember on my ordination day you were there um and I don't know if you remember like I was openly weeping during the opening hymn like I just (laughs) fell apart um (laughs) because it was such a strong moment of the remembering like we were singing yeah for all the saints and mm. like all the pastors, you know, who were there present are like walking in. Um, and it was just like, holy cow, like what a journey to this moment. And look at all these people who have been a part of bringing me to this moment and mm-hmm. think about this song and our dad and our grandpa, yep. you know, like there <laughs> yeah, was just a lot there yeah. that um, yeah. really overwhelmed me in the moment as I was, as you so eloquently put it, re dash membering. Mm-hmm. all of those little pieces of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so give us some examples from your life though, that you, you feel like you will do this currently um, of like honoring tradition in a way that what's the way you say it, like that broadens it. I think that's how you've been kind of talking about it that deepens the memories. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right now is Advent and that's my favorite season. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yes. <laughs> um. And so one, I mean, there's, there's a lot of traditions in Advent and I also look at Advent. um, It is the beginning of the church year. And while I'm not super, like not constantly aware of where we are in the church year, Advent is always like a, this is the beginning. This is setting the tone for the future to kind of re center me into an intentional way of approaching my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that through rituals. And so some of the Advent rituals, I still do. My husband and I still light our Advent wreath and sing the song we sang as kids. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> However, no. I, have, I have changed the lyrics so that they're not quite as cheesy. They're still kind of cheesy, but um, <laughs> I, I rewrote it. <laughs> nice. Hey, I, I need to see those lyrics because I started singing it the other night and Amanda just looked at me and was like, what are you, like, this is awful. Like, yeah, oh yeah, you're bad. right. It really is. <laughs> I tried to, I did it around the themes of Advent, the um, hope, peace, joy, love. Nice. Instead of around the Christmas story. Um, so that's one way. We also, we have a little book of reflections um that we read and talk about at dinner every night um during advent it's the same book we read every year and yet we always have really fruitful conversations from it so even though it's the same prompts it's the same readings we're having it's a deepening of our awareness each time and new insights come from that Um, cool so that's been really cool and it's been cool to bring dan into it as well because advent is a new was a new concept to him and he is 
fully on board. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that Dan is a very uh, centered and grounded and intentional person. And yeah, so, I, I mean, tr- traditions and rituals are very good uh, for that type of personality. Yeah. Um, I love too, though, the way you're mentioning like this reflection, those reflections that you use mm-hmm. and how you get something different out of it, right? Like it's a different conversation every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel right, like that's what traditions can do too, is exactly. that as you kind of repeat them and practice them uh, and become familiar with them, they can take on new meanings, especially mm-hmm. based on what you might be going through that particular year. Exactly. Um, you know, like I, I've looked, I'm looking back, I'm prepping to write my Christmas sermon. And I looked back through, you know, I've preached 10 Christmas sermons so far or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating to see how, you know, it's the same story, right. but based on what I was going through and what was going on in the world, you know, I see that story in a very different lens, in a very different light. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and traditions are much the same way because traditions are so symbolic. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're just, it, there's so much to play with, I think. That, that's kind of the way I think about it. Like there's just so many ways yeah. to interpret this analogy and metaphor that we incorporate into our life each year. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, with each of them, with Christmas, with Advent and just ritual in general, it has theological implications, relational implications, like social implications, and depending on what's going on. Um, like this year, um, as Christmas approaches, I'm really mindful that I'm pregnant. And so like thinking about Mary and like, I think this year, the Christmas story, while I, it's so familiar, mm. could have all new meaning for me thinking about uh, the birth of Jesus and Mary and how I can relate to that differently now. Yeah. No um, kidding. Yeah. That, yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. I never, I've never been pregnant. Um, <laughs> and also yeah. it's just funny, like the, the, the births of my children never really aligned very well with like engaging Advent in that way. Um, mm, yeah. Right. Like well. two born in right November, before. <laughs> right before, and then Solomon born in February. I guess I can't remember. Well, everything's always a blur. Sure. Um, when it comes to children. Oh, and, gosh. Like you said, you were not the pregnant one. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, well, w- let's think about, um, I want to just, I think it would be fun. And I'm sure the listeners want to know about some of our favorite traditions growing up as kids during this time of year. Oh, we have so many good ones, but I'll let oh, you go many. first. Take the floor, Elizabeth. What are some of your favorites from our life growing up? Oh, man. Um, well, I remember, <laughs> so we have this ornament on our tree our, growing up that was the nativity, but it had doors. Mm-hmm. And we, Nate and I always got so excited to put it on the tree, but we would keep the doors closed and you couldn't open them until Christmas morning. And we had to, like, before any presents, before we did anything else, that was the first thing we had to do Christmas morning. And we would like race to see who would get it to it first to open it and officially start Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, and it's so funny. Like traditions and rituals often are these like super cheesy. Yep, I started off real cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so on the same level, uh, we read every Christmas Eve the Berenstein Bears meet Santa Bear, and we would read it together and to one another. Well, like when I was in college, I oh, would come yeah. home oh, and yeah. we would read this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then in a beautiful moment, 
you passed that book on um, to my family when we had our first daughter, Evelyn. Uh, and so now we read, we don't read it on Christmas Eve uh, in my family, but it, it exists amongst our plethora of Christmas books. Right. What a weird thing. But yeah, that's what yeah, traditions are. I don't even are. know how that came to be, but it, it, it sticks. So, well, um, it's just funny, like all of these, they're so interesting because they probably, you know, and I wonder if some of our, you know, religious traditions too started off as these like weird things that happened twice. And they're like, wait a second, like mm-hmm. we should do this every time. Yeah. Um, but because of the way it connects to the memory, like you said, like mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it became, you know, we, we didn't always get along, you and I growing up. Um, right. We definitely, you know, had a pretty good relationship as we got older. Mm-hmm. But yet, we would always take that tender moment together to read The Berenstein Bears Meet Santa Bear <laughs> on yep. Christmas Eve, because that was just what we did one Christmas, and then it became a tradition. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you're, you know, in your area of expertise as a social worker, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you have some thoughts about the psychological benefits of traditions mm-hmm. and rituals. Uh, could I mean, I'd love for you to just kind of talk about that and some of the your thoughts. You might have mentioned it already a little bit, but how does this help people on a psychological level? Yeah, I think there's different ways, kind of depending on the personality. Um, I think in some ways it's like a reliable comfort, almost like rewatching your favorite movie. Um, almost like it's like a safety net that can catch you and you can kind of fall back on as something familiar and predictable and comfortable. Um So I think that's one way for some people, um, for others kind of touching on the going deeper or the re-evaluating. Um, I think, again, my husband, Dan, every single Saturday morning, he has to go out with his coffee and sit on the bench in front of the waterfall. (laughs) And he uses that time to just kind of like reflect on the week reevaluate set new intentions for the week like able to say like oh that didn't go well how can I approach something like that differently in the future and I think like that's that's a specific example but I think the idea of engaging in ritual and tradition allows you to self-reflect in that way because you're approaching the same activity but you've changed and then you can see how you've changed by how you're engaging with the activity in it offers an opportunity for reflection. Absolutely. No, that's incredible. Uh, I, lo- I love the way you just said that. I mean, and, and we giving your example of being pregnant this year, right? Like, how have you changed, yeah, Elizabeth? Exactly. Yeah, like, Advent's <laughs> still the same, but you are very different. Yeah. And it invites you, yeah, to reflect differently. And, and so, like, it's a real easy, looking at that those psychological pieces, a real mm-hmm. easy move to thinking about the life of faith, too, and, and all these ways that we have this constant, you know, this this constant stream of of our life of faith but there are ups and downs within that and times when you maybe feel really close to god and times when you feel Mm -hmm. really distant and filled with doubt and yet coming back to the same rituals despite the way that you've changed can Mm -hmm. provide new connection new insight um you you know and and lift you up out of difficult places as well by returning Mm -hmm. to something familiar I feel like, right, like that's another piece. I'm sure even when Dan has a hard week, he goes down to the bench with his cup. Yep. Gosh, you guys are old souls. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. 
and then <laughs> um but like when he's had a really bad week um or a really really difficult week mm-hmm. i'm sure that that tradition can help bring him out of some you know or or, or just understand and process totally me- metabolize that's the word i like to use yeah, for yeah, for negative right. emotions yeah. you know metabolize and work them through the system in a mm-hmm. in a healthy way um and, and yeah like the, i i really believe that that faith in and like participating in a faith community provides that in a really strong way for people because of the tradition and a ritual. It's a really good thing that we meet every single Sunday so that mm-hmm. even, you know, like when you're feeling good or when you're feeling bad, you can come and participate in some of something that is familiar that might help you um, metabolize whatever it is that you're dealing with. Um, and, and like, and, you know, like all the rituals within the church are built around these like promises of God too. things that have been valuable and uplifting to people of faith for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So it all has those connection points to it. Um, yeah, I liked that, that. That was a really great example, Elizabeth. So, so thinking about it a little bit more too. Um, is there anything else like just within your general work life that you do that you where you see these traditions and rituals being a valuable tool for people? Well, I know um, I've since the pandemic, I've been working from home, so it's gotten interrupted. But when I was working on site, um, I work at a med- uh, re- retreat center, basically, that has a really beautiful meditation hall. It's actually our building is a converted, um, former monastery. Um, and I used to, when I would go in, I would start each day, go to the meditation hall and do 10 minutes of centering prayer. And that's Mm. how I'd start my day. And that, that tradition just allowed me to like, not approach work from a frantic mindset, (laughs) like to really be grounded in like why I'm here, why this is meaningful and who I am, who, who I am to God, my relationship with God, so that I can approach my work and the day and any challenges or frustrations that come my way from a more um, centered and grounded place. Um, so that, like, even little, little 10-minute traditions in the morning or um, throughout the days, I think... Yeah. Right, like because yeah, I, I like the way you're talking about it. That religion, rituals, and traditions are also just habits. And yeah. there's a thousand business books about you know creating healthy habits for right. your <laughs> optimal performance. That's not exactly what we're talking about here. Um, I like to think it's a little <laughs> deeper, but it, it's the same exact idea of yeah, those spiritual practices. Right, the mm-hmm. first time you were on the podcast, you talked to us about contemplation and care, and yep. how de- you know developing contemplative practices is a great form of self-care and can be incredibly helpful for dealing with the vacillations of daily life, the ups and downs of the things that we're facing, especially Mm -hmm. during a pandemic. Um, What I find interesting is that, yeah, like contemplation and care, right? Like that contemplation can help within care. And yet you've talked about how you no longer are being able to participate in your contemplative practice because of, because of the difficult moment we find ourselves in. Uh, <laughs> Got to work on that, Elizabeth. Come on. I know. I, I need a meditation hall in my own. Home, <laughs> it's not like Dan has a bench he could lend you. Come on. Yeah. Fair point. <laughs> so 
anything else you want to kind of touch on in this whole tradition and ritual conversation? I think there's so many beautiful traditions around this time of year. Um, and it seems like families all have their own, right? Do you open presents on Christmas morning or Christmas day mm-hmm. or Christmas day or Christmas? There's only one answer is really yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but the Advent wreath and mm-hmm. all of the great hymns and carols that you only sing at this time of year, um, silent night with a, with a candle flame in a mm-hmm. sanctuary on Christmas Eve, all of these things fill our hearts and warm our hearts. But I think as we've been talking about too, they, they connect us with something deeper and help us to, um, yeah, kind of like integrate our past into our present in really valuable ways. I, I don't know. I, I want to leave it to you for a final word. Mm-hmm. Any, any additional thoughts on this Advent Christmas season and the traditions and rituals and, and how they bolster our life? Yeah, I guess the only thought I have is that I, some people might critique, I suppose you could say, traditions and rituals in that they could become too rote. Mm. Um, and I think that my response to that would just be that it also invites an intentionality and that intentionality is key um, to really inviting the deeper connection um, invite in approaching it as a way to further unpack and, um, remember, as we said, like to reintegrate something new in, into your life. I personally, I think I find it easier for it to not become rote in Advent and Christmas because it only happens once a year. Um, Mm -hmm. and and it's not very long. Yeah. Right. It's like a fleeting experience that you're trying to grasp every bit you can. Um, but I will also admit that like, and, and, and I, I was saying like, it sets the tone for me for the year to be more intentional, but typically by Lent, I kind of fall off <laughs> the intentionality. Um, I don't know if you have any response to that, Nate. I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of asking you a question too, if you have thoughts on things becoming rote. Um, yeah. You know. I'm, I'm continually uh, processing and wondering about um, leaning in to things becoming rote and Mm -hmm. allowing that to be okay. Mm -hmm. Because our society is so obsessed with the novelty and something new and shiny. I feel like we've lost the value of boredom. And it's something that I constantly am trying to impress upon my children. It's like only boring people are bored. Um, this might not be a, nice. a very helpful parenting <laughs> statement, um, but in the same, like, but I want them to be bored. Like that, I want them to then like have to, you know, lean into their own creativity to to figure yeah. out wa- ways to enjoy this present moment. And and for me personally, like I, I also am a centering prayer practitioner, like yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's super boring, and yet <laughs> when I can like really, you know enter into that space I find that like the boredom is actually just my anxiety you know I am uncomfortable yeah. with not being entertained yeah. and when I can push past that I can get deeper into like who I actually am inside and what I've been avoiding and and yeah. and right so I, I do I mean things becoming rote I honestly don't know if that's a bad thing um, as long mm-hmm. as it's for a season but by continually showing up and going through the motions Honestly, mm-hmm. I think that eventually you, you push through and can discover some really valuable pieces 
that maybe you were trying to push aside or avoid, you know, uh, in a search yeah. for novelty. Good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've, in the, the podcast that I recorded with our beloved father, we <laughs> briefly touched on the season of Pentecost. And I said, like, I think that's the lesson of Pentecost is it's 27 weeks long so that you'll get sick of it and actually have to like face your own demons that you've been avoiding through all the novelty. Um, I I do think that there's just some wisdom to that of like, yeah, yeah, just, just keep showing up, just keep showing up. And maybe there's something there that you've been missing. I like that. Good answer. Oh, thanks. Um, You're the wise pricinger though. And I'm really grateful for you taking time and sharing your wisdom and passion about traditions and rituals with us. Uh, There were some gems in here, Elizabeth. This was really good stuff. (laughs) honestly sincerely i really appreciate um you taking the time to come on like this for us and to you dear listeners thanks for listening and your continued support i hope that you have a tradition and ritual filled christmas advent season um and that in the process of walking through all of this you remember um some valuable things that god has been speaking to you all along stay in peace everyone